Hey guys, welcome to Connect with DP City. As always, this is your host, Kyle Headley, with my beautiful bride, Sharissa Headley. Our baby is joining us today, but she's still hiding. And then two of our most favorite people on campus, Peter and Anna. They, yeah. I love them so much. Hold on. I dropped the ball. Oh, <laughs> there there's my applause. There Yay! we go. Hello. Two, two of the people that get mentioned almost every single yeah, it's, or it's, family. it's probably a running competition between, between them and Kim and Bobby. Kim and Bobby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah we, They're our family, too. We always, oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Now, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's the entire family. Gotcha. It's like, it's a connection. You guys are our chosen family. Yeah. So that that's special. That is special. I feel special. <laughs> oh, yeah, take directions. <laughs> so we were just talking about Peter's voice as a little horse from the Super Bowl. If you don't know, Peter's actually a diehard Tom Brady fan. So he had to choose a side in the Super Bowl, and he chose... Kansas City. Now, did, did you choose that before the game started? Yes. So you were just yeah. reaming there yeah. the whole well, time. I feel like uh, uh, Mahomes is probably be the next Tom Brady. Yeah, so it's safe to say since Brady's gone, you are now a Mahomes fan. Probably. Hey, that's <laughs> at least you call it what it is. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, just don't tell uh, Reggie. <laughs> And there's some exciting things going on in your guys' life. Obviously, you guys have three grandbabies all within, I want to say, eight months of each other? Or? Well, no, December, October, and then another one in December. So all within the same 12-month period. All within period. the same 12-month period. And just another one on the way. Oh, can you tell us which parent? Heaven will be having her second baby in June, and it's a girl. How exciting. I did not know that. Yeah. So... We are very excited. This is a complete new phase in our life, grandparenting. Yeah, so God blessed us with the, this new season in our life, and we're about to embark. So we have baby land started at our house, toys everywhere, bassinets, high chairs, you know, you name it, huh? It's Dirty fun. diapers. Dirty diapers. Dirty diapers. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I so cool that you guys... You guys Heaven and Roman and Tyler are not that far apart age-wise. Right. And then all their kids are like, yeah, that's be right awesome. There. Oh my and they themselves grew up together, you know, doing the same types of stuff. So that was great. And then now they're having their babies at the same time. So the yeah. kids will have that same connection. How is it having? Um, I almost said Aaron. That's my that's my nephew's new name, Carter. No, I'm Caleb? Caleb. Caleb. Having oh, Caleb sorry. home is amazing. Well, he's not home with us, but at his home and right. out of the hospital, right? Yes. Well, home like yes, out, out of the out of the NICU, out of the hospital mm. after being there about ninety days, maybe closer to hundred days after yeah, he was his birth. There for a while. Yeah, and truly a miracle. Everything mm -hmm. about him from the time that he was born to now has been one blessing after another. Mm. You know. And we're still praying for one tiny thing, mm -hmm. one tiny thing, but everything in him is yeah. fully functional, working, and now he's just got to grow. You right. know? Yeah. yeah. Start growing. So you guys got two, well, one one baby girl and two boys and one baby girl on the way. So they're keeping the numbers pretty even. even yeah. <laughs> they're doing a good job. I, I do have the inside scoop on my besties. It's going to be a few, years before, a few years before they go for it again. So... Man, I told him go for it. Well, yeah, so did like, I. You already, you, started. <laughs> you already started. You already started. Just get it's them all okay. out. And then <laughs> I think they want to wait a while before they have the next one. You know, it's smart because really they're still young. 
you got to figure out that parenting mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. at the same time. Just get them all, get them all up there and figure it all out at one time. Exactly. Once you do it once, you're a pro. And really? No, because no, you're never a pro. <laughs> <laughs> you're never a pro at parenting. No. I was like, I am not taking that title, sir. <laughs> well, every every child's different. Yeah. Even as a baby, and I know you guys experience this with your two, that their personality comes oh, yeah. with them from birth. Childbirth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure well, does. Teresa was saying that to her one of her doctors was like how she could tell the the personality inside the stomach. Like yeah, it reflects as they grow older. You're like, oh, that's why you're quiet. Like this one, she does not like being messed with by the um, but the the, the, the heart ones or the sonogram. Yeah, like yeah. the heart one. Like anytime that one comes up, she's like tucking into her spine. Like she's going <laughs> as far as she can to get away from mm-hmm. it. So we're like, oh, maybe she's gonna be our like our like quiet one, you know? Because both of ours are pretty outgoing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like Kena and Kalea, Kalea was so responsive to music she was in her stomach and just would always be dancing in her stomach anytime we play music and to this day like if music is playing she wants to be the one singing or dancing or doing whatever and, and it's true because ever since i've known her how many years has it been now i think Four, we're going on five? six years 2019 five. so five five yeah. so every every time that she was here at worship practice mm-hmm. and anytime that i saw her during a worship she's service engaged. where she's there completely engaged dancing i mean not just wiggling but dedicating her mm-hmm. body to that worship and dance because that's what it is yeah you know and just not just going nuts as a kid would but really like right. thinking about it thinking about her movements arms like yeah. what yeah. she's doing that's very interpretive <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> but isn't that amazing though because they do have that with them so and so we'll see what Baby K, I don't know her name, but Baby K is going to do. So Pastor Michael Todd has a really cool sermon about parenting, and he talks about, like, how every kid has those things that get on your nerves. Like, it's just, even as a parent, it's Mm -hmm. still rough, you know what I mean? Like, there's, and we try to act in grace and mercy and love, but there's still things that we're just like, "Mm." so for me, Kalea, it's her singing and dancing, because it's nonstop, like, I'm just sitting there watching TV, and she comes ballerina twirling into Mm -hmm. the room, singing at the top (laughs) of her lungs, and I'm like, and I watch the game, you know, but Pastor Michael Todd did uh, did a thing, a, a sermon about parenting, talking about usually the things that they're that bugs you the most is their gifts, mm-hmm. right? For whatever reason, if they're a talker, their their gift is probably preaching or teaching or something that's mm-hmm. talking. If they ask a lot of questions, their gift is probably discernment, so mm-hmm. just different things. So it's like the things that bug us, and the reason why is because they haven't honed it; they just have that natural talent, right. and and so maybe they're not proficient at it yet, but they're exercising it Mm -hmm. and he's like so as a parent you have to be really careful because you can throw water on their gift and then they'll spend a lot of years wondering and kind of what am I supposed to do with my life who am I like I don't understand because they feel like they have no gifts or talents because as a parent you shut that down so early like stop asking so many questions stop talking so much stop singing and dancing you know so it convicted me or corrected me in my heart where I'm like, okay, just let her dance and sing. She'll go twirling into yeah. the other room in no time. Like, just <laughs> just relax, you know. So it's a cool little, I mean, I don't know how biblical it is, but it's really cool, like, to think about it that way, you know. Yeah, that makes sense. I think, you know, kids want to do that, like, dance in front of their parents and just show off their talents. Yeah. Do you have any talents that we don't know of, Mr. Peter? Me, myself, I have zero talent. Except for Stop. cooking. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Well, uh, cooking wasn't really a talent for me. It was something I learned, you know, growing up. Um, I washed dishes at a restaurant, and and I kind of just 
uh, picked it up from there. I had a friend who was a cook. And he was like, hey, I want you to stop washing dishes and help me like cut uh, potatoes and vegetables. And so I was a prep cook. Mm. And he just kind of... Did you ever do that. like formal culinary school or just worked your way up? <laughs> I did go to culinary school, but I didn't graduate because uh, I flunked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I flunked, believe it or not, computer uh, applications. Oh, that sucks. Yes. That? that seems yes. very weird for so culinary. There's reading. There's, I know. there's just more than cooking. There's a yeah. bunch oh of stuff goodness. that gets included in uh, culinary school. And it's that because the the idea of like a lot of these people aren't just coming in here to be a chef but to eventually run a restaurant exactly that's so i went to the school of culinary arts in san diego and that's what it was so by the time you graduate school you should be able to run your own restaurant mm. you know so that's all those classes that they um yeah and you were more the hands-on you want you just wanted to learn seasoning and cooking, proper cooking and, how to, and stuff uh, like that. how to butcher yeah yes so you got what you needed out I of did. it but by the time you went to culinary school now, you were an adult. I, was, I had been cooking You've for been like cooking 10 for years. Yeah. Would you say you were pretty far in front of the curve of the rest of your yeah, classmates? Yeah, I actually was um, kind of like the teacher's assistant. I would help with the other students. And he let you fail. Well, it wasn't his fault. It was, uh, it was a different class. Oh, I was going to say. Because <laughs> we had different uh, cl- uh, teachers for different gotcha. classes. Yeah. I was going to say, if I had a TA, there's no way I'd ever let him <laughs> fail. <laughs> I would do whatever I could. And I know, Miss Anna, you went to Berkeley? No, I did not because I fell in love very young and I so didn't go you, to Berkeley. You didn't attend at all? No. So I was going to go to Berkeley with a couple of my friends and um, I ended up 86ing that. And we You're just calling them both out. That no, <laughs> no it's fine cool. because I ended up going to San Diego State because that oh, was my hometown. Okay. So rather than leaving um, Northern California, I chose to stay home so that's which where was i San got Diego. confused because we tyler did tell me that state. she she went or actually he did a chapel uh on tuesday and mm-hmm. he used part of your testimony in, yeah. in the chapel which was really really cool but he had mentioned that she had went to college but he said berkeley well i was going to go to berkeley that was my school where we were getting mm-hmm. ready to go gotcha. but but i changed and i went to san diego state mm. how'd you like how'd you like san diego i mean obviously you're already from there from San Diego, yeah, it was just like going to, you know, your local college, mm-hmm. but it I, was great. But I think that I took a lot of things for granted when I was young, as far as studying uh, in school, because mm-hmm. it was so easy for me to just say, mm, no, I'm not going to go there, no, I'm going to go here, mm-hmm. um, because everything came super easy. And I know there's some people that really have a hard time with school. Well, I was not one of those. <laughs> everything, yeah, school came super easy for yeah. me, and I didn't. I didn't appreciate it mm-hmm. at that time. And now that I look back, I think about how, I'm not going to say dumb, but yeah, pretty much how yeah. dumb that I didn't take advantage of a lot of opportunities that I had just because I took them for granted. Well, yeah. I feel like like I dealt with that not too long ago, just with a lot of different things that happened in our life um, and just more on the health side. Um, when I was a kid, it was so much easier. It didn't come naturally. But my desire to do it was so much stronger mm-hmm. versus when we went, um, when we first both initially went back to school. Um, him, w- it was the opposite. He like, he didn't do as well in school before. And then 10 years gap and he's like doing such a phenomenal job. And mm-hmm. I know he talks about it on the podcast um, well, each I time. But then with me, um, it was so much harder. Like my, my. My thinking process was difficult. So I went through mm-hmm. similar in that state where I'm like, gosh, I should have 
I should have did what I wanted to do back then and did it instead of allowing different, you know, people and circumstances to change what I wanted mm-hmm. life in. I think especially working in education right now and being a part of education, I really do think that we need to as a nation reexamine the way that we do it because boys do get it a little later than girls and so girls come in in kindergarten first grade second grade and they're ready to start reading and writing and talking and stuff boys it takes a while like I I wasn't it's not that I wasn't smart in middle school high school but I just did not care at all you know I wasn't dedicated to my studies I was more concerned about learning video games learning football like different things like that now despite all the things that me and Sharissa have going on in life I'm very dedicated to like at least making sure I get my work done in the beginning of the week so that I can do the rest of the things, but also deep diving deeper to see how how much more I can add to what I'm learning outside of what my professors are teaching me, you know? Because they'll drop like a concept on me, like growth mentality versus um, like fixed mentality. And and I'll do like a a little thing about that, but then I'll do like a full on deep dive because I want to learn more about that. And I spend my free time (laughs) reading and researching and stuff. So. I don't know. I'm not saying boys should be starting kindergarten when they're eight years old, but there's <laughs> definitely something that like we have to look at because a lot of kids, they're five years old, like little boys, they just want to play army men. They don't want to be sat down and taught how to read and do their ABCs and, and stuff like that. But girls, they love playing teacher. They love mm-hmm. playing classroom. So they're like in their element, you know. I don't know. I'm not Mr. Sense. Fix-It, so don't sign me up for the school board. I know. <laughs> But you know how they say hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and you can't go back and fix what you mm-hmm. didn't do, but you can definitely be an example right. and give advice to those around you, especially us that we're parents of 20-somethings, <laughs> you know, that we know by our, li- our own life experiences what we did that we probably shouldn't have yeah. and the decisions that changed our life and then the ones that didn't really matter as much mm-hmm. that I know that we tend to put a lot of weight on, oh, you know, what about this or... But in, in in the end, those don't matter. Mm-hmm. There's only certain things that do really matter in your life. I love how supportive you guys are of your kids. It's so amazing to see because, you know, a lot of parents, 18 years old, you you're, you better fly. You got to learn how to fly now. And you guys are just like, whatever we could do to help, we, we just want to help. Like, it's so yeah, supportive. That's so tough. That's really tough to do that to your kids, yeah. you know, because uh, me growing up, um, I was okay growing up. Um, I never got kicked out, but I decided to leave. I got married and got divorced, and came back and lived with my mom for a while. She she would always take me back. Yeah, you know, even when, until I got remarried to my wife, <laughs> I was living with my mom, and she was never she never did that to me. And she was just supportive and everything, whatever I wanted to do. That's so cool. So we got to do that with our children, support them, mm-hmm. no matter how old they are. Right. Until they're taking care of you guys. Well, that's the goal. <laughs> <laughs> Remember that time? <laughs> yeah. It's like they always say, you got to be nice to me. I think, I think that's why my dad checked out early because my, my older brother, he's, he, man, I don't know if you want him taking care of you. He's a wild guy. <laughs> he's a little gruff. Well, everybody has a variety in their family, right? <laughs> <laughs> so what, is, what does the next five years look like for you guys? Obviously, you guys are adding grandbabies. I think you're going to have to be driving a minivan here soon. We talked about that. Really? You're going to have to trade in that Mercedes. Yes, exactly. Um, I don't know if we're going to have a minivan, but we got to have something to 
I don't know how many kids we're going to be having. See, I'm I mean, an uh, anti-minivan. I can't. I mean, I don't want to say I can't, but I don't like them. I think they look ugly. I think they're pretty cool. Really? Yeah. I like the fixed up ones. Like, I like the, what is it called? I don't know. Oh, the Pacifica? Like a Honda Odyssey? Like the Sprinters? See, the Odyssey is the one I like. Oh, the Odyssey. The Durango's, like, she likes that the style. Oh, okay. Yeah. SUV. Well, yeah. What do you mean you don't know? I didn't know that's a fixed up van. No, the that's concept. more like a, what is it, SUV? Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. I like the Honda Odyssey. Th- those things have clean lines. Mm-hmm. Drop it down a little bit. Throw <laughs> some 18s on there. Put a spoiler on the back. You know how chilling. expensive those vans are? 40000 No, I think they're a little bit more than that. Oof. You could buy a Tesla. Yeah, exactly. But they're making them so cool. And that uh, my sister-in-law has one. And uh, I've drove it a couple of times. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I like I like minivans a lot. You know, I feel I almost feel ashamed because food comes up on our podcast so much. But I feel weird talking about food in here because Peter's in here. No, no, go ahead. Actually, I love talking about food. (laughs) (laughs) Well, (laughs) go ahead. I don't mind it. I mean, uh, when I first started cooking, I remember uh, people was like, "Well, so when you go out to eat, do you criticize the food? Do what?" I was like, "Uh." "Can I can I pause you right there?" I feel like just because how much I know you, somebody could serve you the worst plate in the world and, and you, you would, would not say a, a thing to, to talk them. about you would no, just but how good it was <laughs> yes you would just be like yeah. wow they really plated this dish nice <laughs> and sit there and eat it no matter what am i wrong and still no, you're right probably yeah. call out the cook and tell them hey you're doing a great job no you're right but um as i got older i've started to be a little bit more picky but you're right no when i first would go out to eat i would never complain about it yeah you know can you tell the difference if somebody cooks food with love or not? Of course. I think everybody can. Yeah. It's so when something that's just kind of just thrown together and just you can just see the presentation on the plate. Her and the kids will call me out, man. They will call me out. I'll serve them dinner and they'll be like, you didn't cook this one with love. Oh. <laughs> it will, I mean, it's not that he's not a great cook. It's just it will not taste good. You can just tell. You could feel it and taste you're like. It. Everyone's like, like nervous. What's going like on? My, yeah. So my wife, I have this. I've had this issue lately where I oversalt food, <laughs> and I don't know what oh, it is. Uh, only my at wife, home, I think, right? Yes. Well, at work, <laughs> you have to follow. Uh, okay, so at work, we have this salt. Well, before you go that's on, not as salty. Could you please announce to the hearing audience what you do? Because we're just talking about food, <laughs> but nobody knows. So um, I'm I'm the banquet chef at uh, South Coast Winery. And we do large events. We do a lot of weddings, a lot of events. And today, actually, I was saying that we did, we had uh, we hosted the Ferrari Club from San Diego. So it was about That's 20, so cool. 30 Ferraris parked in the courtyard. And we had another group, about another 100 people. And then we had a, a tasting for a wedding today. Oh, wow. Busy. Yes, busy, busy. Yeah. We're busy. And the restaurant was busy. Is that a lot of egos to appease? What do you mean? Like take care of like a lot of people to make like when you're doing a tasting and stuff. Well, it's just the bride and groom. Oh, okay. So they show up and they they choose. Not always, but that's cool. That's intimate. <laughs> Sometimes like they bring their parents. Yes. Do you cook like micro <laughs> size meals for them? No, full <laughs> size. Full size meals. Yeah. Mm. That's crazy. Wow. So they have their appetizers, salad, and um, main course. Mm. And they choose their meal. What they like. What they want. Okay, so back to your over-salting problem. Oh, yes. at, at work, you have a, a different kind of salt. <laughs> yes, said. so I think that's what it is because we have this salt. Um, I think it's the – I forget what brand it is. But it's not as salty as the salt we use at home. And so I, I'm, I'm used to the salt at work where I kind of – you feel like you're, you're over-salting, but you're not. Mm. Yeah. 
And then at home? And at home, I do over salt. So it seems like the, the solution to the problem I is have, just to buy the salt I, from We're going to have to buy that salt we use at work. Now, I like salty food. <laughs> I'm a fan of salty food. Are you? Yeah. See, I, yeah, we like our food to taste good. But sometimes it's like you're um, eating something right out of the ocean. Or oh, maybe wow. no worse. Is it that bad? <laughs> no. Here's the problem. I know what it's not the salt. <laughs> when he's cooking at work, he's cooking for three, four hundred people. Mm. Oh, so okay. you know the quantities, the ratios, they kind of get a little out of whack. So when you're making a small <laughs> dish for four people, and you, you know it's hard to gauge. I yeah, think yeah. that's what it is. But you know what? That is very here. It doesn't happen except for maybe on one dish, which is pasta. Spaghetti. <gasps> <laughs> oh, I because need he salts the water for the pasta. I need salty sometimes pasta. Sometimes the I, uh, salt. See, no, but he's got similar. I, he's he's uh, actually a lot better than this past year because he went crazy. But he likes salt. He's a salt guy too. Mm-hmm. He wants everything to have like mountains of salt. Like even with our fries, like we. Oh, we don't have serve me unsalted give. fries. Well, you gotta oh, be able to see no, the no. salt on them, right? Yeah. But we have to now get separate fries. Like, there's no, like, sharing because this guy will... I have to, like, literally hide the packets that they, like, put out. And then yeah. all of a sudden and he'll be like... And it's because she loves me. She doesn't want me to have yeah. a heart attack. He'll, he'll, he'll be like, oh, I got to go grab something really quick. I was like, oh, okay, the salt... Or that's not by the salt, though. So you got to go the other direction. Because <laughs> I already know what he's going to do. And then all of a sudden he pulls out something out of his pocket and he tries to, like, hide. I'm like, why are you adding salt? Leave the salt alone. So, so you're a lot... A lot, a lot better. I like salt. With it That's now. my. It's my probably my second favorite seasoning behind garlic. Salt. Garlic, yeah. And garlic, garlic salt. He was putting gar- garlic <laughs> salt in and I my like garlic. eggs, and I'm like, that's no. so good. Garlic salt on a fried egg. Mwah. But I like uh, garlic powder and onion powder a lot too. I use that in a lot. Of, yeah, a lot of my cooking. So Everything at moderation. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> What's my favorite thing to my favorite favorite condiment? Or spice, or thing. Tapatio. No. No, he doesn't know. Dun dun dun. Your favorite <laughs> condiment. Not a, it's not a condiment. Favorite seasoning. No, it's a spread. Oh, butter. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's not well. It's not See, a condiment if I you put the, it on everything. I got the double <laughs> negative because I have butter and salt on everything. <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. But let me tell you. Um, this man, he cooks for all those people, and then he comes home and he makes us a delicious meal almost every night. Wow. And yeah. he, he found my love language because <laughs> I am so happy. Well, you were doing all the cooking before. Yes, before I did all the cooking our whole, our whole life till our kids were adults, and then Peter took over, and it was amazing. Amen. So what's your favorite thing that I cook? Everything. I mean, I don't Aww. think I have a favorite. Everything you make is amazing. Is there anything what? not maybe not that Peter cooks, but is there anything that you just you don't mess with? Like you cannot eat. Like if somebody makes it, like you cannot eat that. Mine is lemon pepper chicken. Now I, I know what I'm making next time. I hate <laughs> lemon You're pepper kidding. chicken. Really, I hate it. Uh, I'm not trying. I hope my mom doesn't listen to this podcast, but. Chicken was not great in our house. It was usually very, very, very dry. Yeah. And and I, and that was like fancy food for us if we had lemon pepper chicken. It was like, we have lemon pepper chicken tonight. And I hated it. I would drench it in so much ketchup just to get it down. 
that um yeah i just can't if somebody serves me lemon pepper chicken i'm not rude so i'll eat it but yeah. secretly in my mind i'm thinking like man i should have went to mcdonald's before i got here <laughs> yeah Nothing? but you know what i learned a lot from peter that i thought i knew in the kitchen i thought i knew how to cut vegetables portion control I still have not learned po- portion <laughs> control <laughs> because I tend to overcook. I make I make a lot. Too much. And, and then it goes bad and then we have to throw it out. And that's one of the things I hate in the kitchen. Um, I used to work at the Hyatt in San Diego uh, for the bank department and we threw out so much food because we just made too much food. Aww. And it was just sad to see that. Yeah, that yeah. breaks her heart because not only I is it like that. hardworking, but she's like, man. So many people could just come at the back door and get a yeah, plate. Yeah, exactly. Nobody would ever miss it. So that's the reason why I, I'm very, like, if we have, uh, so everything, I measure everything. So how many people, how many cups of rice I have to cook for so much people. And just trying to minimize the waste. Yeah. And I do the same thing at home. And then um, once in a while, they're like, do we have seconds? Uh, nope, that's all you guys get. That's it. <laughs> Scoop of rice. That's where and we've been one lately. <laughs> <laughs> one piece of meat <laughs> and four ounces of vegetables. <laughs> Dang. No you're joke. Like cut off. And then he tells me, did you measure the rice? <laughs> nope. I just threw it in. <laughs> it's, uh, it's like. Is there a timer on the rice? <laughs> nope. It's like a five-star prison. Like, we're serving you good food, <laughs> but this is it. That's all you get. <laughs> you don't get more. Mm-hmm. Um, at your work, do you guys have, like, a fixed schedule? Or do you have, like, creative, like, power to, like, change things up and stuff as the banquet chef? Uh, for the most part, no, because so the banquet menu is already set. Uh, but the restaurant, they have, they actually just changed the menu for the restaurant uh, last weekend. But banquet department, the menu is really hard to change because it's been set already, and we've already done tastings for weddings this year. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we do a lot of tastings mm. for the weddings that are going to be May June, so they already had, and they were so not. So this gonna is definitely it. turning into your bu- your busy season. Yes. During spring, oh summer, uh, wedding season starts. Is it does it still continue on, or is there like a break somewhere? It goes all the way till about August. Whoa! And then it slows down a little bit, and then we get holiday parties. Um, yeah, I was about to say that. Mm-hmm. So, like do, do they redo the menu every year? Like they they put a new, or it's it's, it's a, a set fixated menu, menu yeah. for as long for as, as long. I've been there eight, going on nine years. Do you ever get tired of cooking the same things over and over again? No, I don't. I actually like it because I already know it's just. I can actually do it with my eyes closed. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Some people are okay with that. Some people are not. So right. uh, depending on the chef. I think I'm, my mind is too creative. That I, I yes, would you would probably want to do something different. Yeah. Well, it's not the Get same creative. meal for every party. So the so when they come in to do the tasting, they have a choice of a variety of things to choose. Yes. Depending on what so they choose. So there be different combinations. Oh, yeah. And all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So different appetizers, different entrees. But you still, you're you're so accustomed to all the different ones. Yeah, nobody could throw a curveball at you. No, you're fine. You, yes. No matter what they pick on the on the menu, you're fine with it all. Exactly. Are they allowed to like come in and be like, you know, we don't really like onions. Can we take onions? Yes. Out? Okay. Yeah, we actually. So person. we have this. Um, we had this young lady who come in. Uh, she wants to do something different, and we we're like, okay, what would you like? And then you know, we were like, okay, yeah, we can do that. So she wants to do like uh, mushroom chicken crepes. She wanted to do something different with appetizers, and we we're okay with it. Mm. So every once in a while, it we're okay to if the people, somebody wants to customize their meal, we're okay with it. But of course, it's going to cost them a little bit more. Yeah, because it's something that we don't do. So Sharissa and I, we enjoy going out to restaurants, but like. I wouldn't say we've gone to a lot of like fancy restaurants. No. Like we Olive Garden is 
our spot. Like we love going to Olive Garden. So anything in your mind that's like fancier than that, we probably haven't. But we did go to one fancy restaurant, and I'm trying to remember where it was. But she had asked them, like, can we take the onions off? And the waitress looked so appalled at her. Like, <laughs> Well, it depends. Was it French onion soup? No. <laughs> no. She wouldn't order something like that. I wouldn't. But she was... She no, I'm trying was, to remember where it was. It was uh, Disneyland. We went to the Blue Bayou. The Blue Bayou in Disneyland. There was, uh, but it wasn't onions. It was, there was something on it that I just was like. Oh, I mean, you're I talking. Know that's uh, you know, there are seventy dollar plates there. So Teresa and I were like, let's share. Let's share an entree. We're fine, and then go eat a pretzel afterwards. But um, yeah, she. It asked was more for the experience. Yeah. I'd always wanted to. Because it's a bucket to, list um, to try it all you together. Know, I've never so. been able to go there. You know which Dubai. one? The one that were the uh, Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And it's cool. It's good. Like, the f- what did we get? We got, um, I think I got a jambalaya. I got some kind of steak. It was amazing. It, it was good. Like, it was so, so good. What was it that I wasn't expecting to like, though? And I did. I loved it. Brussels sprouts. I found out I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Never had them in my life. I forgot what I had it, where I had it, but... Oh my goodness, so good. I don't know. Keep talking. I'm gonna look it up. I'll tell you exactly what. Yeah. I feel like it was like might even been like some kind of like mushroom something. I don't like I'm not a fan of mushrooms. Maybe just I haven't like expanded risotto? my palate. Was it risotto? Mushroom risotto. No. Isn't risotto just rice? Italian rice. It's like a pudding, right? No. Of a sort. It is a rice, but it's kinda overcooked and it's like a little bit of a mushy mm-hmm. consistency. But the creme brulee was amazing. Oh my goodness, that was so good. Peter has a creme brulee story he'd like to tell. <laughs> oh, let's go. Uh, so my sister, um, she was in, I think it was junior high, and she had um, home economics, uh-huh. and she chose to do creme brulee. And uh, so I was supposed to help her with that project. I didn't show up that night, so my sister was so upset. She scrambled the last minute. <laughs> she ended up doing jello. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. What flavor was it? it? Continue. I, th- I don't remember. I don't remember the, the flavor <laughs> it was. But anyways, so she took the jello to school, presented the class, and I think she she told me she got an F. Wait, wait. So like, took jello but presented it as creme brulee. No, took the jello, presented it. She said she couldn't make the creme brulee, and she said she she brought jello, and she was she was given an F Aww. for that for that project. She cried. And this was when she's in junior, junior high. high. And how old is she now? She is in like thirty five. And what does she tell you every single every time? Oh, no. <laughs> it's all your fault. It's all my fault. Yes. You uh, owe me for the privilege. That's so funny. So anytime you mess something up, you know that's coming in. So I looked up the menu. So the one thing that we got from there that I really liked was the chicken gumbo. That was oh. uh, uh, an appetizer. So it was a soup. Which is surprising because he doesn't like, or well, he doesn't like the spicy aspect as much. I like before. different kinds of spicy. I am starting to come into that Cajun spice a little okay. bit more. But before growing up, the only spicy that I liked at all was cinnamon hot, like a hot tamale or like a that kind of spice. Yeah. Um but like Mexican food spice. Wait, what tamales do you have? Hot tamale like the candy. Oh, candy. I was like not a real wait. tamale. No, no, no. I was like, hold on. Like the red hot chewing gum. <laughs> yeah. That I was, was like, the only spice you? I ever liked growing up as a kid. Um, and then now I'm more into that Mexican flavor and Cajun spicing. I, li- I like Cajun spicing. But so the chicken gumbo was good. And I can't find what the other plate that we got, but it was the Creole roasted oh, chicken I know that what, you got. I know what they looked at me crazy about. I asked them to butterfly cut my. You got a my, prime rib. 
Yeah. Ask yeah. them to butterfly cut because, and I, I didn't know that was a thing until we, we went to like Outback no, no, for no. a good while. Rainforest Cafe. No, it was Outback. Oh, I thought yeah. it was Rainforest Cafe. So they're like, cause I would tell them I want it well, well done. Well, I f- would feel bad if I had to send it. I know I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible person. I'm sorry. When she says well done, she means well I mean like done. I want like it dead. Be and like just I died talk a little to inside. Them. I'm sorry. <laughs> so listen, so I tell them I'm like I'm better now. I'm better. I can do a little bit of red, but it grosses me out. I just can't look at it. I have to like close my eyes. So they're like, you know, we could just butterfly cut it. And I was like, well, what's that? And they're like, it's so the meat that you're choosing is thicker, and we'll just cut it in half and like basically have them yeah, sear so on both sides. Yeah. Cook it. So I asked them to do that at Disneyland. Yeah, <laughs> and they were like, Are you serious? How dare she you? Got, what was it? Was it the prime rib? No, I think it was a flame mignon. Yeah, I think yeah. so. That's yeah. an atrocity. I know. I felt bad. I, I looked well, sorry. Well, that piece of meat, that that's a specific cut, is tender and it's meant to be like medium to a rare. Yeah. So, so anytime anybody asks for a well done, they're like, it's offensive. Yes, it is exactly. I'm sorry. Yeah. But then but the way, it's the customer's <laughs> choice. So if they want it well done, hey. And then they put ketchup on it. <laughs> no, see, that's even worse. I feel like. <laughs> so the other thing we got was the Crioli roasted chicken, which came with an adaoli and dolly sausage. And do we? And do we sausage, Crioli rice, and Crioli sauce. Mm. That was good. The Blue yeah. Bayou is, is I would say it's worth thing it. next to it. Wait. I don't know. Uh, I would say the Blue Bayou is worth it for um, the experience. It's kind of cool. You get to see the people going on the Pirates of Caribbean, right? Yeah. It's low light and stuff. But what I really want to try now is Tiana. I don't know how Disney you guys are, but Tiana has a whole Louisiana-style kitchen in that that area. That's new, though. Right? That's new. It just came out. Yeah, so okay. that looks good. That's all like gumbo <clears throat> and beignets and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. New Orleans-style. Yeah. So is that your? Fi- I know you love all kinds of food, but like, what is your? What's your comfort? Like, what's your comfort food? What's your go-to? Mexican food. Is it? Yeah, and guess what? I never cooked it growing up. Really? Mm-mm. Or uh, I mean, or I, professionally. Oh, professionally, because um, I. So banquets is not really a specific. Um, what, I, that's all I've done. I never worked like in a restaurant. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've always done banquets, which is um. It's either filet mignon. Salmon, chicken, vegetables, mashed potatoes, or rice. So it's not really a cuisine per se, mm-hmm. you know. But as I <laughs> as I, uh, I progressed in my career, uh, I started learning different cuisines. You know how they they have a Mexican buffet, they have a Chinese buffet, but I never really cooked Mexican food. Wow. Yeah, not until he met me and I started teaching She's him how to make enchiladas because he didn't know how to make that. And then the other thing is, uh, what else did we? We got to go back a couple podcast episodes ago. I'm trying to remember where it was. It was last last one. Correct me if I'm wrong. Your enchiladas that you made us, you got that recipe from a white person. I did. Yes, I knew (laughs) it. Yes. So these enchiladas are kind of uh, modified from traditional Mexican enchiladas. Because they're not rolled. Well, no, they are rolled, but here's flour what the tortillas, right? yes. So the tortillas rolled. are flour rather than corn, and that just makes well, it a little easier to well, work with. The problem with corn tortillas is that once they get that uh, sauce on them, they just get all mushy. Flour tortillas hold up better. Mm. And I've I actually did um, so recently. I um, there was this uh, menu that I did, and the chef asked me if I wanted to use corn or flour tortillas on some enchiladas, and I told him flour. 
because wow. of my wife. I was like, they're going to hold up. And I told him, they'll hold up better. And he's like, you know, you're right. Go ahead and go for it. I, go with flour. I go, I call that like white person enchilada casserole, <laughs> but I love it. I love Because that's how my not, dad made it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just the only thing that I'm switching out is the tortillas. But right. I think it's, it's because at least in regards to my dad, he couldn't handle, his hands were too big. He couldn't handle stuffing everything in a no, corn tortilla. he had a huge, he put big tortillas on there. He got big there. tortillas. And burrito tortillas. Yeah, oh like burrito goodness. tortillas and made enchilada casserole with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good, though. I loved it because it, when I ate it, you guys, you know that scene from Ratatouille where Aww. he takes it and it took me, it took me yeah. back to when my dad cooked. And you know what? That's the thing um, for a lot of people when you have that meal. It doesn't, I mean, it, doesn't, it, can, it can be like the most basic meal or something extravagant, but yeah. when you have that memory... I think that's awesome when, when it takes you back to that. For me, I always tell this to my wife. So my wife, she likes uh, heating tortillas up in the plancha. Mm-hmm. I like mine over the fire because that's how my mom used to do it. Yeah. And she used to always burn my tortillas. So you like a little burn. A on little, little burn. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And it brings me back. It yeah. brings back to when my mom used to uh, cook for me. No, seriously. When when you made that, I had that ratatouille moment of like my oh, dad's tortilla or my dad's that. enchilada. I was like, man, that is so good. Papa alert. Yeah. So I'm waiting for a Garcia family catering night at the church because it sounds like you guys are ready for it. You know what? You know what's funny? <laughs> I'm going to tell you. The other day we were sitting in the sermon and Pastor Bob was talking about looking in the mirror and using what you got, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking about using our talents, right? And then um, Peter did mention something about using his talents. What did I say? To feed people. Oh, that's right. Yes. That's one thing I was, I, I did, I remember vaguely, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was telling my wife, you know what would be amazing to be to be fe- uh, feeding people? It was after Super Bowl, uh, Jersey Sunday, and everybody was you know, there for the, the hot dog, and I was like, man, that would be amazing just to have, it, what I call them, soup kitchens. Mm-hmm. But there is a chef, he's a Spanish guy who goes into like war-torn areas or right after natural disasters, he goes into the and feed, feeds everybody who, who just lost their home or like in a natural disaster. Mm-hmm. That's something that I would love to do. Yeah, I can see you. Do. You know, just like feeding people because that's how people connect is with food. Breaking bread. Yeah. Yeah. We were watching Chopped and they actually had a lady um, mm-hmm. on there last night that had um, she was she owns her own uh, restaurant in Louisiana and. Uh, New Orleans specifically, and um, at the end of the night, all the leftover food that instead of putting it away to, like, cook the next day because she gets fresh ingredients every yeah. day, she makes, like, whatever she can that's left over and goes and gives it out at, like, 12, 1 o'clock at night to feed to people on the streets. And she's like, I don't just make them, like, you know, I make grilled cheese sandwiches. She's like, I make stuff I would sell. She's yeah, like, they deserve to eat good, too. Yeah. They don't deserve, mm-hmm. you know, don't get me wrong. I love a grilled cheese sandwich, but she makes them, like, you know, a, qual- a, quality. a quality plate yeah. and goes out and hands it out because she's like, I, I get fresh ingredients every day, so and nothing goes in the fridge left over for the night, you know. Wow, so that's amazing. She got out in the first round, but, you know, it was a good story. Well, hey, she got on there and you were able to hang out. Right. How do you feel about those kind of shows? So, Sharissa and I are so guilty of anytime <laughs> we go to a doctor's office, we ask them if they watch ER or Grey's Anatomy <laughs> or General Hospital. <laughs> we're like, so do you guys watch these shows? And almost, I would say 90% of the time they're like, no. I live yeah. it. Why would I watch it? How do you feel about those types of I shows? I love those shows. Do you? Yeah. I think it's pretty amazing. They give you so much time. Okay, so they want you to cook a three-course meal, and you only got 30 minutes to do it. So you're, like, running around. I want to see you on Chopped. But, 
The I thing is, you gotta be, you gotta be creative. You got, and the kids, they give you <gasps> like ingredients, and you're like, okay, I figure out how to get uh, them on. I have an idea. We should just do it. We should just show up to Peter's house with a basket of food and, and say, "Here, cook this for us." Let's make it. And you're gonna make us. You're gonna make us an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert, that and would be us amazing. three will judge it. That would it be would. so fun. I can do it. So during COVID, I had told him, "Why don't we just start like filming uh, you cooking and or like giving little oh, like classes, te- teaching and stuff?" Just because I thought. That I knew how to cook. I thought I knew how to you handle know how to myself. Cook. She's a great cook. Okay, but yeah. Oh, thank you. But but <laughs> real skills, like skills that that I could take with me professionally. Well, no, it turns out I was a really good home cook. I still am. I You're think a great home cook. Um, but there was so much that I didn't know that he taught me, like how to cut, how mm-hmm. you know things like that. You know, would be great for a young adult slash college age group if you could teach. If you had some kind of connect group or something where you're teaching people how to make a quality meal with like twenty bucks, mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, you know, that's get easy. some rice and yeah. or whatever. It's or super easy, like guys. college, like college people who you know, you know, they don't have a lot of money, but like if they're entertaining mm-hmm. or something, like how could you make a quality meal with like twenty dollars? Like that would be the coolest thing. I mm-hmm. think that would be a great ministry, honestly. We honestly. did a few little recordings. I never posted anything, but he is pretty good, like behind the camera, as far as. Explaining. Well, he's handsome, too. Yeah. Well, Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that was really nice. And then for a little while there, when we were all inside, uh, we were doing family dinner and doing like a Facebook Live family dinner um, just with our family, Mm -hmm. you know, not for the public. But that was really nice, too, because we had everybody that was watching really engaged with us and what we were doing. So I think a big part of us as a family is that we take the time to sit together for a meal every day, mm-hmm. you know, and that's part of, a, you know, what brings us together at the end of the day. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, and um, I think we all love it, you know, and I feel like if we've been able to pass some stuff down to our kids is mm-hmm. the importance of family and sharing a meal together and just right. sitting down and having that face-to-face connection. Um I wish they'd do a little more of the cooking. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I want you to do the cooking. I'm <laughs> just kidding. I mean, do you really trust them three? <laughs> so I think <laughs> Tyler actually did cook as a meal. I don't remember what he cooked, but he cooked as a meal. Do you remember what it was? No. Do you? <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember. Was it uh, just, did it have cheese? No cheese. So he cooked the milk. Because we wanted the kids, him. we wanted Roman, Tyler, and Heaven to cook us. Remember, it was like one meal a week. <laughs> Yeah, that was short-lived. It didn't really <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Tyler was actually the only one who cooked this meal. But I think in their mind, they think they know how to cook, mm-hmm. but they haven't put it into practical use <laughs> yet. Right? Does that happen? Where you watch, like, say, video games, I remember kids thinking they could drive because they play driving <laughs> games, <laughs> yeah. and they're little kids, right? Yeah, and they think nephew. they could drive because, or fly a plane because they did it on a video no, that's game. that's fair. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right? And so they think, because they watch these shows, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they're, oh, I know how to cook. I can make a Bernays. Oh. What is that? <laughs> I don't even know, I don't know what that is. is. Yeah. <laughs> no, a, the answer is no. <laughs> if I can't use hmm. something that comes in a package already, I'm out. Like, if you <laughs> expect me to create pasta instead of just pulling uh-huh. noodles, I'm done. Well, See, I've always wanted to make homemade pasta, so you might have to teach us. Let me tell you something that I learned when my kids were little, and I think this is good advice for any parent that's raising children. It's okay 
to cheat a little when it comes to that food prep because I thought I'm a terrible mother buying packaged stuff, trying to put a meal together for my kids. But at the end of the day, if they're getting the nutrition and it's good stuff, cut some steps off yeah. of your life. Yeah. How much yeah. time do you have? Exactly. Kind of mm-hmm. It's better to have that quality time sitting with them and talking about yeah. the mm. day and figuring out what you know the next step mm. is like what's yeah. really going on in what's their really going on yeah. as opposed to slaving for hours trying to make homemade pasta yeah uh, and it's a great ex- i oh mean it's a great experience <laughs> to do those things but as a project but don't put mm-hmm. that load on yourself because yeah. you're already two working people with kids expecting another one about mm-hmm. to have a newborn mm-hmm. it's okay to do the shortcut stuff right. it's okay you have to allow yourself to say, I'm not cheating my family out of anything at all mm-hmm. by taking a quick shortcut and buying. You know, I used to get those no-bake lasagna things that you just That's throw, you know, in the skillet. Mm-hmm. I and I felt that. awful because I'm not <laughs> I'm not boiling the pasta. But, you know, I mean, things, things like that, I had to really say what is more important. Well, I, I feel bad if we don't have enough sitting down devoted in your time. Mm-hmm. That's what I get mm-hmm. convicted by because, like him, I, he I'm he's he's okay with sitting in his seat. It's part of the reason why I'm like anti um, single man seat. I don't even know what's it's like a, my lazy boy there we go. Okay. <laughs> Well, it's isolating. Yeah, yeah, so it's like just him and then us on the couch. So like, I don't mind sitting down watching TV and stuff like that. But if we don't have like table time yeah uh-huh. i'm like, the worst i'm like let's eat and watch a game or let's eat and watch a movie or but i, I get it but it's because like i grew up similar to like how you guys are talking about like no matter how long our day was or what we did like my dad went would literally probably walk in as dinner was maybe finishing and trying to wash his hands or whatever yeah. to sit down and eat so those were valuable times for me mm-hmm. and so when we lived at the other house we couldn't bring um my big family table there because it just it wasn't realistic so we went for a couple years where it was like dinner on the couch dinner on like two of us on the couch one of us is sitting on the bed that's like right next to it one of us in a chair type thing so i'm like no we moved we're in a bigger place we have my table we're sitting at the table and we did really good for a good while I think probably just more recent probably just the, has been a just little bit this, harder. Yeah, because my injury and mm-hmm. my injury and different things kind of slowed us down. But we're getting back on track. Yeah, I think you have to make it intentional. Yeah, yeah, and really make a point of it. And, and then mm-hmm. the other thing that we've added to our family in the past, I want to say three months, is every night because we always like take turns who's gonna do the prayer, but you have to pick one person or family that's not related to us to pray about. Oh, nice. Or pray for you know so. The, the Martinez family and the Garcia family comes up a lot. That's mm-hmm. that's my go-to if I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we always are like we're, pray for someone that's not relatively in our. I think the first know. one we prayed for was either Tyler or Kingsley, actually. Yeah, I think it was. When you first implemented yeah, I think it, it was, was Kingsley. Kingsley because yeah. he was just born, I think. And yeah. obviously didn't Probably get to come home right away. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. He was the one. So before we we close, we have a little bit more time. I know you work in real estate. You've been doing that since you were a child. A child. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I've been doing that almost 29 years. That's now. impressive. Yeah. yeah. So a real young child. Different different things though inside of um, real estate. Or no, actually, I've been working in escrow the whole time. Um, in directly beginning, and this is normal because you start off as the receptionist, you know, and then you work yourself up to the job that I have now, which is escrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been doing it basically my whole life. Mm. Is there anywhere higher, like position-wise, that you would go, or is that the top of that field, like wh- where you're at, kind of the top of the? Well, I mean, I could own the company. Oh, you could. That would be the next step. Yeah. Ideally, would mm-hmm. be to start a company. Would be the next. Yeah. So generally, you go from there just to managing others, and then you know, owning your own company, or or just climbing up that corporate ladder. But mm-hmm. then it's not practical use of the. It's not, you know, the occupation. You're not hands-on. Once you're supervising, you're not handling. And you like working with people. So. Yeah, yeah, I do. I like working with people. Um, every day is different. Every transaction is different. Nothing is cookie cutter. Um, right. Meet people in different situations, different stages of life. And you're such a perfect person for that because you're so friendly and so, like, outgoing. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> I mean, I know we... Um, most people should know, obviously, that you're, um, you've been on the worship team for how long now? My whole life as well. Since <laughs> <laughs> she was a child. Since I was a child. So you've I been at DP for how long? I've been at DP for 23 years. Yeah. Yeah, wow. when Tyler was a baby is when we first came over. Um, then we took a little stint Hiatus. at another. Well, at another church where we actually were hel- helping establish that church where I was doing worship there, too. Mm-hmm. And then said, you know, I'm done with this. Let's go to back to DP. Mm-hmm. And that was only for a short period of time. Got on the worship team at that time as well. And it's just been. And you're, you're such a vital part to that. I know the week, was it one week or two weeks you guys were gone? One week. For your one week? Yeah. Well, no, we went on vacation and we were two, gone two right? weeks oh, because okay. we were actually flying on a Sunday. So we weren't oh, able to yeah. make it. Yeah. Back. We were in Hawaii. They well, still did great, <laughs> but it, it was missing but you can tell. An important person, yes. you know, and it's like. And I tell her all the time. I was like, honey, people love watching you up there. And she could, people come up to her on Sundays. Yeah. I love your energy. I love the way you sing. I just love seeing you. It's freeing because so many people are nervous already as it is. And we talk about this all the time, at least within the production, the worship team, about how sometimes the lights on mm-hmm. is is hard for mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially people who are more like the introverted mm-hmm. and they want to be free like you. Mm-hmm. But they're afraid because mm-hmm. everybody's least, watching. Yeah, at least that's we, what we you just think. had this. Com- like you are yeah. in our brain yeah. because we just had this conversation. What two days, days ago? ago? Yes. Go yeah, on. two days ago we were just saying exactly what she, Charissa was saying. But once you guys dim the lights, mm-hmm. it kind of feels like you're okay. You're, I'm nobody's watching me anymore. I'm like free and you're. Just and it's not that we shouldn't to get to a point where, you know, you are able to like cut off and block out everyone i was kind of like the blinders with like a horse you mm-hmm. know like it doesn't matter what's going on the world can be going in chaos it could be the brightest room in the world type thing of course you should get to a point where you're like it's only me and you god mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but some people do need that yeah that time to to grow in that type of aspect well it took me a long time just for me to even raise my hands in church and be like able to worship it was uh, i don't know what it was i was scared i don't know it wasn't fear i just don't know what it was but once I got over that, now I'm just like, 
dancing. I'm right. like, trying to get my wife's attention up there. You're like, <laughs> I, I know her. I know her. <laughs> well, guess what? I'm not looking at you. <laughs> He's like, call me, baby. She's, she's too busy. <laughs> worshiping. Okay. Well, I mean, she's even more vital to the team than people realize because how much she does at practice, like yeah. helping keep people um, on you know, in the harmonies and making sure that they know the count of the song and where it's going. Yeah, like, your no- your musical knowledge is, yeah. like, I and mean, I would say Tyler's like, probably the top of that pyramid for, at least from my understanding, and then goes between you and Lynette and then some of the other guys and everything. But, like, you guys are so funny to hear how you guys talk, and I'm like, and, and I, I don't like, even no, realize that you this, can hear blah, blah, blah. that. No, it's a good thing. I mean, that's in... That's been a practice, mm-hmm. but it's awesome how you guys all like correlate so well together and well, just it's it's being in production. It's one of the best parts about being at worship practice is seeing how the worship team works. You know, right. like like how you guys are able to get through things like that um, and yeah. figure things out because a lot of people and I don't I don't mean this to be mean to everyone who shows up on Sunday but I feel like they could take for granted what the work that mm-hmm. the worship team yeah. and the production team mm-hmm. and stuff does mm-hmm. to to, to yeah. make sure that happens on a Sunday cuz sure we could all just show up and turn everything on and start singing songs we could do that but it wouldn't be as good as what it is when we show yeah. up on a Thursday night and dedicate 3 hours of our time mm-hmm. to dial things in you know and so I just think working together and all the things that we go through, making sure lyrics are right and lights mm-hmm. are right and making sure, you know, certain lyricists are pushed up on certain yeah. songs or certain instruments are leading. And make, I feel like it's there's such a process to it yeah. that it's fun to be a part of. And that's why we're saying, like, we notice mm-hmm. when you guys are like, oh, no, we can't. We don't we don't crash out here. You got to extend that for you know yeah. two more counts and then we'll crash it like that stuff is so exciting okay. to be a part of. And I've been on, on a, a lot of worship teams. So different mm-hmm. here at church. Yeah, so I've had gone through di- different leaders and just different musicians and stuff, and I think that we have really something special right oh now. Oh, my goodness, Lynette is yeah. such an amazing yeah. lead yeah. all together. And, again, you guys do such a good job at coming together. Yeah. But, no, I, we we love yes. her. She does – her voice is just not, – not just her, obviously, her – well, just her, her, her step in the last voice, year. Of course, of is beautiful. Her, but we've known her all her life. So. <laughs> <laughs> her step in the last year of just being willing to be herself up there yeah. and show people who she truly is yeah. and, and not be scared to kind of step out has really shown a lot in the mm-hmm. last year. And Tyler, I tell people this all the time. Like, they have no idea the the stuff that he's putting in because right. they can't oh hear him. That, boy is that so dude talented. is talented. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. He's so yeah. smart. He could tell. You know he can call out any instrument at any given time in the middle of any song and tell them what what they need to change. He's like, like no, you need to drop that to a G yeah. or whatever. Slide I'm like, well, that's a difference. Slide your oh cable up or like whatever it is. Or get he could say like, hey, this person is playing chorus and we're all on verse one. Like in the yeah. middle of a song, I'm like, how did how you, do you hear know that? that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so much goes on behind the scenes, right? That's mm-hmm. I think that's what you guys are getting at. That a lot of people would just think that we do show up. And everybody's ready to go, and the talent is just bursting out of us. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It takes work. It takes work every single week, week in and week out. Practice. We have two practices a week. And it's not only um, for vocalists. It's for musicians. It's for production. Mm-hmm. It's for media. It's for lights. So there's so much work that goes into putting the worship together but i'm going to tell you it's never for our glory and that's why people right. don't know 
Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because if they knew, that means they weren't doing it wrong. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's never for our glory. So whenever somebody comes to me and says, oh, worship was great. You were great. And you know what? I feel like I can't take any of that credit ever. I have to say, well, you know, bless God for that because he does something and he does a transformation in us every single week. You know, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking about that because what was the new song that we did this past week? Mm. I say we, but it was you guys. <laughs> it <laughs> I was, was um, your your something some about your your trust word. You at your yeah, word. trust you at your okay, word. So Take that you one, at your word. There you go. So that one, I was thinking about this yesterday and like honestly today too. But um, I'm like, man, if people only knew, and I mean this with love, if they only heard the what? practices <laughs> that <laughs> we had, and it was all together, it was like. We didn't have the words. We're trying to get yeah, caught so. up with you guys. And, like, um, it was just a hot, hot mess. But, like, what you're saying about, like, how how all the glories God is, like, come Sunday morning or, like, when you guys went yeah. to sing that, like, it, there was no doubt that the Holy Spirit was there and he was the one yeah. that was leading and orchestrating because it was a complete turnover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember... I- Lynette was even saying, she's like, look, guys, we're going to try this, you know, type of thing. Like, it's going to go okay, but just, you know, we got to work together. Mm -hmm. And not that you guys didn't do okay type of thing, you know, but, like, it, there was such a different. And I think that's where um, also the time that Lynette spends, obviously, with with God during the week in preparation for her set list and stuff like that is Mm -hmm. so crucial because, even the arrangement mm-hmm. altogether is mm-hmm. vital. You yeah. know, Everything if you is. don't put something that's a like a smooth transition into yes. it, you know, yeah. it could be a complete bust. They could be great songs. Yeah. But if you're not paying attention to like, okay, let the spirit, the spirit can, um, just the way the spirit moves altogether is just yeah. like, is Which amazing. Is and so it was, when you guys sing that, it was amazing. And, I remember there was quite a bit of different people actually who came up and they're like, man, like all, all, what, like two weeks, Mm -hmm. last two weeks, everyone's been commenting on it. Worship has been fire. Yeah. Absolute fire. But yeah, I I think it's funny what Sharissa said though, because um, I can think of a lot of times where just things are not working on Thursday night, like (laughs) whatever it is. I know it could Mm -hmm. be music. It could be lyricists. It could be the sound department. It could be be just things just not working. (laughs) On Thursday night, but come Sunday morning, it's just firing. Make it happen. You yeah. have no idea how many times I've shown here on a Sunday morning thinking, this is going to be a train wreck. I don't know <laughs> how we're going to get through this. And you know what? Um, God sends angels to sing for us. He sends yeah. them to play for us. Right. And I don't know. Because the it's supernatural. <laughs> it really is when God takes over. And I think it's the humility and ability to say, we don't know anything. God, mm-hmm. you're the one that's putting this music in our heart. Yeah. You know, and to transmit it to your people. And I think it's it's such a testament to, I mean, because I can speak on at least the production side. There's been so many different times where we were physically trying to make certain things work. Mm-hmm. And everything that our hands went to, literally, this broke down. That's mm-hmm. no longer working. Mm-hmm. This is like so much, like how you're saying, train wrecks happening one after another and they were like we need to stop <laughs> release everything mm-hmm. from our own hands mm-hmm. and like lord we're giving it to you and then all of a sudden things are working and i mean not all of a sudden but like yeah. it's it's completely just Tyler God and taking I control. don't even like 
don't even like when something happens on the board or anything, we, we don't even blink at it anymore. We're like, okay, like whatever, <laughs> that's not working. All right. What is working? Like, mm-hmm. because there was a lot of times where Tyler and I were like trying to figure things out that settings that had been set on there or different things that had happened that we didn't know about that we're looking at the board and we like freaked out and we're like mm-hmm. going like, man, why is this like this? Why is that like that? And now both of us are just in the same place where we're like, whatever, if that doesn't like, if this isn't working, we'll find something else. That's something whatever. Else. Yeah. Because that's how it is in life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You figure it out. Mm-hmm. That's how it is. <sighs> because your choice A isn't always God's <laughs> choice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or that's where you think you're going. And it's like, turn around. This is what, I have ready for you, mm-hmm. but sometimes we're so stubborn on something, huh? Yeah. I know. I think that's funny. It's like when we look at our little kids and they're doing something and you're like, if you only would look at me, you would know I have something better for you. Yeah. And then they're stuck on that's good. playing with the thing behind the door <laughs> or, you know, whatever. <laughs> like a box. Just <laughs> a box. If you only would take a second and look at me. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, a good place to close, I don't know if you guys know this, but Sharissa and I are constantly telling people that you guys should have your own marriage connect group. Yes. You guys are <laughs> so cute. We love the way you guys just interact with each other. Because it's real. It's genuine. We it's brag on you guys like, so much. Yeah. That if anyone listening to this podcast needs par- marriage advice, we highly recommend <laughs> you go talk to Peter and Anna. Yes. Wow. Thank you. That's flattering. Is it flattering or is it the truth? <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like it's very truthful. Uh, I do feel like we have a great relationship, very loving. Mm-hmm. We appreciate each other. Mm-hmm. Never take each other for granted. Right. Just support each other. Mm-hmm. I think it's because we've gone through uh, our previous marriages and we just kind of <laughs> learn from your mistakes. Yeah. What not to do. And so when you get into another relationship, it's like, you know what? That didn't work before, so I don't think it's going to work again. <laughs> you got to change it. You got to... Yeah. Fix it. Fix your mistakes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's very important that you say that. Fix your mistakes. I think when we are in a marriage, a lot of times we see that our actions are perfect and it's our partner who's doing it all wrong and messing this up. Uh, sometimes we just got to step back and say, okay, what what part do I have in this issue? Mm-hmm. And be willing to apologize and say, you know, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have reacted that way. You know, I understand. Um, I think the thing about us is that we're on the same team. Um, one thing that that's one thing that when Peter and I started dating he impacted on me saying you know I want us to be on the same team and and I thought oh that's a novel idea for a marriage <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> because it, uh, sometimes it feels like you're competing your team. with your spouse and you're on your own team and you're trying to prove mm-hmm. who's better who's right you know with without um, that being like, you got to be a team. You got to be on the same team. You got to be respectful and loving to each other, you know, and uh, want the same things. And I think we do, right? We all want yeah. a happy home, God-filled marriage. So when you work together, I think that's when that's you very important. create. Working together. Mm-hmm, you create um, harmony within a marriage. Yeah. Because everybody has problems. But not us. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Well, I think it's safe to say that we definitely need to dive into your guys' um, advice more. So we're definitely going to be bringing you guys back in yeah. soon. I think yeah. that would be really good. Yeah, you guys for have people. so many good natural 
whatever they're called, golden nuggets. That's what Stephen calls them. Yeah, some golden <laughs> nuggets. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. As always, you can comment, like, subscribe, follow us, um, share with your friends at DP City. We love talking to everyone here, and we're looking forward to seeing you guys next time on Connect with DP City. Bye.